Coming to you from the Spirit Lounge, I'm your host, Lily. With me is my co-host, Vanessa, and this is the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Welcome to another happy hour in the Spirit Lounge. Welcome. How have you been? Uh, pretty good. So, what did you think about the snow yesterday? Oh my <laughs> gosh. I didn't even think it was supposed to be that much. We must be bringing winter gosh, back. Gosh, I don't know what happened. Like, I swear I heard maybe like an inch or two, and all of a sudden, like, yeah. it felt like a foot of snow. Yeah, it's just like that Justin Timberlake song. <laughs> We're bringing winter back. No, please don't. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> Done. I know. I was so over it. Luckily, uh, it's melting. Yeah, though. I think it's. I think it's gone. I don't even see. It. I'm looking out the window now. I nope, see. I true. see nothing. Yeah. And like temperature wise, it wasn't too bad. <clears throat> yeah, that's so true. That too. Was and the weird. sun came out big yeah. time yesterday. No, but another thing too is not this week, but the week after, I will finally be on spring break. Oh, lucky! I know. I'm excited. But I was thinking about it. You know when you're you know younger you're a teen or whatever mm-hmm. and we grew up with the mtv age mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we grew up watching mtv spring break right and we had this idea of you know what spring break was or <laughs> what it should be all it is is partying apparently and now i'm like you know that's not my spring break at all my big <laughs> thing is like yes i'm on spring break what cleaning can i get done how long can i stay in bed i know pretty much my big thing is to get wild honestly i might paint i mean i might paint some extent of getting wild well wait though is your daughter on spring break too no so you're gonna be home alone yeah wait is your husband on spring break no he's not (gasps) that's like a legit vacation (laughs) oh my god and that's sad to say that as an adult that is like amazing you know because that's not what mtv never showed us that part of spring break i mean it's like come on it's like what you're home alone (gasps) whoa that's an amazing spring break like i can picture it waking up normal time like maybe seven (laughs) seven thirty eight o'clock in the morning Uh uh-huh slippers comfy clothes and then just having your coffee yeah and nobody bugging you nobody coming mom mom or i can't find this or i can't find that or whatever the case is so yeah i'll be on my own schedule i love it god (laughs) that's nice anything going on with you trying to figure out what to pack for this weekend yes we're very excited trying to not bring so much honestly (laughs) but then i'm like oh maybe i'll need this maybe i'll need that should i bring my laptop should i write (laughs) it's like just stop it you're gonna be there for like not even a day it feels like i know we're gonna be there for a second and then we're back again but it's exciting i know i know we're probably not gonna sleep very much Mm -hmm. uh, this weekend too oh and then friday oh yeah you have something fun going on right i forgot about that on friday my wife and myself and my brother are all all going to uh c2 in chicago pretty much like a but for those that don't know what c2 is you want to explain um oh yeah i guess i'll say it's kind of 
of like a comic book convention, but it's really all things entertainment. It's like a an entertainment expo. But it's a huge scale. It though. is. Yeah. It's, it's giant. It's like all of like McCormick, I feel, is covered in all of these different vendors. You have uh, all these like celebrities. Well, what has been your main goal every oh time you go? Oh, <laughs> And this is the reason why I'm going and mm-hmm. why I'm so excited mm-hmm. to go. So I found out that. OK, so first of all, OK, if anybody listens to our last <laughs> episode, of course, uh, I'm a big Batman fan, but equally, I would say I'm a huge Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan. Well, because we grew up yes. during, during that time. Yes. Yeah. And so my big thing since like, I don't even know when I started this, but I had gotten a a picture of the uh team from the movie from the mighty from power rangers movie and so i had gone out on pretty much like a journey to get everybody in that <laughs> picture to to sign it for uh-huh, me uh-huh. so everybody did i got mm-hmm. everybody's signature on that yeah. on that picture yeah except for adam the mm-hmm. black ranger okay and so i was like oh i'll probably never get it right because he never goes on like on things like on this. these con yeah. things, these events. So I was like, okay, I guess it is what it is. Right. But then I found out like randomly yeah. that he's going to be going to this one this time. So I was like, oh my gosh. It's like, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I told JJ, I'm like, oh my gosh, did you see this? We should go. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm going to take my picture with me and it'll be the last yep. one. And it's unfortunate, but you're lucky. The unfortunate part is that a few of the Rangers have already passed away. Yeah, I know. Luckily, mm-hmm. though, you were able to get their autographs. I did. I did. But the funny story was the last one when you went. To, who's the Green Ranger? Oh, yeah. Jason David Frank. Tommy. Yes. Don't you have to pay for those? Oh, my God. <laughs> So you have to pay for these so, autograph and pictures, don't yes. you? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and so, so what happened? <laughs> so again, it was me, my brother, my wife. We went. Yeah. And again, big thing was I needed to get Tommy's autograph. Right. And so there I am waiting in line. My brother. And Tommy's the Green Ranger, yeah. right? Yeah. So same thing. He's like, oh my gosh, absolutely. Because he brought his comics and he wanted to get him to sign right. them. And then he also wanted a picture because he was doing a thing where he wanted a picture with all the Rangers. So every time he'd get a Ranger come, mm-hmm. he would by the opportunity to get this picture taken with okay. them so he did that mm-hmm. so i'm like oh i don't want a picture like i don't feel like paying for that i really just want the autograph on that picture. and how much is like the opportunity i think the picture is like 50 like 50 60 bucks so it's not cheap it's not cheap <laughs> and so jj though was like no i have to get it yeah so i'm like all right cool i'm just getting the autograph though right and so yeah. it was my turn in line of course like I get all starstruck per usual. And and mind you, (laughs) she has not paid at all, right? Um, Not for the picture. No, I walk up. I paid for the autograph, hand him my picture. He starts talking to me. And then he being who? uh, Tommy. Okay. So Jason David Frank. Uh So he starts talking to me. We're just chit chatting. So this is the guy that played the Green Ranger. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, my God, obviously I get into like all fangirl mode. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love you. This and this and everything. So you have stars in your eyes right now. (laughs) And so he's like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. Thank you. And then he gets up. He's like, you know what? Come here. Let's let's get a picture. And I was like, oh, no, I I didn't pay. I didn't pay for a picture. And so I'm all like, oh, no, no. And then he's like, no, it's fine. Here's he's like, here, give me your phone. Give me your phone. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? And then the handler's all like, no, she didn't pay for a picture. He's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) 
And Meanwhile, so, JJ's face. JJ's watching all of this happen. And so his uh, mouth is like drops. Jason David like, Frank what the heck? takes my phone and just, you know, takes the picture there with me. Right. So we have we have like a selfie together, me and him. Like we're so close. Like you guys have been best long lost friends or something. <laughs> we're all like cheek to cheek pretty much. <laughs> so he takes the picture and I immediately turn around and I look at our brother, I look at JJ, and his face was just like... <laughs> if looks could kill. <laughs> what the heck happened? How? He's, he's like, I paid 50 bucks for this, and you get it for free. <laughs> and so, whatever, I get my picture, I get the autograph, and I walk off, and then JJ goes up, does his deal, gets his picture, because he paid for it, and then he comes back. He's like, I cannot believe you. He's like, that's BS. <laughs> that's awesome but it's sad too because he's the one that passed away yeah but such a nice guy and Mm -hmm. gave me a selfie for free that's awesome so i have a really cool story with him yeah that's really cool though yeah i mean and the the fact that jj i got jj's reaction like that was funny (laughs) (laughs) oh too good too good so i'm going up there this weekend this saturday or this friday Mm -hmm. to get now Johnny Youngbosch's autograph, which is the Black Ranger, he played Adam. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens with him. Yeah, we'll we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully, you have another amazing story. Of course, you're probably gonna get starstruck. God, I'm like, uh, 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 I'm Johnny. No, you're Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> so fun, fun times ahead. Mm-hmm. So with that, what do we have going on for today's episode? Well, today we have a tale about hauntings on a campus and an eerie casket company. So sit back, get comfortable, and pull up a drink. But before we get into it, let's talk about our drink feature. So today's drink is the peach bourbon cocktail. We're going to stick to the bourbon theme. So that's why it's a peach bourbon from last last episode with Vanessa going down to the, what was it, Buffalo Trace Distillery? Yep, going to bourbon country in yeah. Kentucky. So is that what you used for this one then? Okay, funny story on that one. Uh, Were you not allowed? I was not allowed to touch the (laughs) Buffalo Trace drinks. So he gave me, my husband, he he being my husband, he was like, okay, you cannot grab anything from this area. And he's like, anything else from the other area you can grab. (laughs) So I just grabbed whatever, like just a bourbon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Off limits. Actually, yeah. So, and honestly, he had to be watching me. He had to stand right next to me to make sure sure you didn't grab it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that that was kind of funny, though. Oh, that's great. Yeah. This one's super simple, though. It's just the bourbon, any kind. Peach schnapps and orange juice. So you just mix it all up and pour it over ice. I thought it was it would be like a fun mm-hmm. type of summery spring drink. It looks drink. really summery. Yeah. I like it. So cheers. Cheers. Let's see what Lily thinks. Oh gosh. <laughs> she's she's taking a swig, although I already took some swigs because I prepped it first. So what are your thoughts? Mm. You know what? That's not bad. That's actually not bad. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. I I don't mind it. Okay. Uh, the the peach comes mm-hmm. through a mm-hmm. lot, actually. And I think that's yeah. what I like. Yeah. That's exactly what well, I like. Well, and I I wanted to have more peachy notes to it because mm-hmm. I wanted mm-hmm. to add more of the fruity flavor. It's really fruity, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I like that a lot. Scale, scale one to five. What are we doing? What do you think? Four? I'd probably do a four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. Like, I mean, trying to live up to last week's episode oh, with that bourbon cream and the root beer, Honestly, which was like a yeah. five. So, okay. Speaking of off limits mm-hmm. stuff, I told my husband, okay, if your bourbon stuff <laughs> is off limits, this cream, this bourbon cream <laughs> is off limits because I'm like, you are not wasting this. Right. I'm like, we're down to the last bottle already. Oh my God. Already? Yeah. Wait, of that one. When did you come back? I, I know, right? So <laughs> I told him, I'm like, no, don't be wasting. And he's like, Actually, I want to say it was yesterday or the night before. Yeah. He was like, oh, do you want any of your bourbon cream? I'm like, only a little bit. Even for me, I don't want to waste it. So comes back, half the glass. And I'm like, no, that's too Pour much. Pour it back. Pour it back in. Get, get my funnel. Pour it back into the bottle. Basically. And so now I'm like, okay, where around here Wait, did can you, we get it? I saw that well, somewhere I remember, here has it. Yeah, somewhere, you said that. Yeah. I, for, I completely forgot mm-hmm. to go back to check it out. But I yeah. did tell my husband about it. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of going to be investigating okay. and okay. we'll see we'll find out I'll, I'll keep you posted <laughs> if they have it buy everything they have <laughs> pretty much but anyways with this drink <laughs> back to this one <laughs> this one's uh this one for me is a four yeah like i said bourbon not a huge fan right but this one actually is really fruity mm-hmm. i feel i feel like it is summery mm-hmm. i feel like I'm ready. I'm ready for yeah. this type of drink. Right. And I think kind of the the emotion, if I'm going to say. That's really what it that's, is. That's what I'm liking from yeah. it. Yeah. So good pick. Thank you. So now that we have our drink, Vanessa, let's get into our first story. Tucked away in the community of Ames, Iowa, centrally and conveniently located in the heart of the Midwest, where they bleed red and gold, is the home of the Iowa State Cyclones. Iowa State University is 1,813 acres of rich history and traditions. The university first opened its doors to eager students in the late 1860s. The first class, 24 men and two women, graduated in 1872. Iowa State established the nation's first state veterinary medicine school in 1879. In 1959, the college was officially renamed Iowa State University of Science and Technology. The focus on technology has led directly to many research patents and inventions, including the first binary computer, Maytag blue cheese, the round hay baler, and more. A few notable graduates of ISU include George Washington Carver, one of the nation's most distinguished educators, agricultural researchers, and scientists, received a bachelor's in 1894 and master's in 1896, all from Iowa State. The electronic digital computer, one of the most important technological innovations of the 20th century was invented at Iowa State in the late 1930s by John Vincent Atenasoff. Carrie Chapman Catt, founder of the League of Women Voters and a key strategist behind the final ratification of the 19th Amendment, graduated as valedictorian of the Iowa State class of 1880. In the early 1900s, agronomist Perry Holden with the help of the railroads, literally put his classroom on wheels. In his seed corn gospel train, 
He traveled the state teaching farmers how to select and test corn to get the best seed. The novel technique caught on and soon educational trains offering expertise on all kinds of agricultural topics were rolling throughout the nation. These early forays beyond the campus borders blossomed into the modern day extension and outreach specialists. But what is the eerie underlining untold tale that is not always told? It is a story about the farmhouse located on campus. The farmhouse helped earn the university the title of number five most haunted campuses in the Midwest by Mysterious Heartland. The farmhouse is now one of the oldest buildings on campus. Over the home's history, it has served as the residence of university deans, professors, farmhands, and students. Built around 1860, it was part of the model farm. In other words, a farm which is used primarily to teach or demonstrate various agricultural techniques, with any economic gains being an added bonus. The farmhouse is located near the center of Iowa State campus, on the west side of Farmhouse Lane. It is a three-story structure built primarily out of brick and set on a stone foundation. In 1880 through 1891, it was occupied by University President Knapp and U.S. Secretary of Agriculture James F. Wilson. The land for what became Iowa State was donated by Story County farmers in 1858 and 59. The farm was developed over the following five years, slowed by the ongoing American Civil War. Iowa Agricultural College opened on the farm in 1869. The brick walls fashioned out of locally sourced clay were clad in limestone stucco in 1909 because they were crumbling. The interior is largely reflective of a major remodeling conducted about the same time. In 1972, the university undertook a major restoration of the building to restore its appearance. The house was occupied for much of the first half of the 20th century by Dean Charles F. Curtis, under whose tenure the house's major alterations were made. In 1948, the house was converted into a dormitory for women. Dean Floyd Andre whose family had occupied the house since 1950, moved out in 1970. Andre's lobbying to preserve the building from demolition succeeded, and it was opened as the Farmhouse Museum in 1976. So, what haunts this old farmhouse? Accounts of several entities have been heard and cited in the historic house. Many say that one of them is the daughter of Charles Curtis, Edith. Edith's broom was on the second floor of the house. She would often invite her gentleman callers to the house at night. Before going downstairs or often sneaking out, she would look out her curtains to see if they had arrived. Long after Edith had passed away, her ghost was believed to open her bedroom curtains at night. 
The original curator of the farmhouse would shut the curtains at night when she had finished cleaning the museum. One morning, when the curator returned to the farmhouse, the curtains on the second floor were drawn open. This continued for several nights, the curator shutting the curtains and finding them open the next morning. Finally, the curator became fed up and one night, safety pinned the curtains closed, thinking that would take care of the curtains blowing open. That morning, upon returning to the farmhouse, the curator once again found the curtains open, this time with the safety pins on the floor. This isn't the only supernatural incident at the farmhouse. It is believed that the second ghost to haunt the farmhouse is Esther Wilson, the wife of the former university president, James Wilson. An employee said Wilson died of a suicide on campus in 1892, following a potential depression caused by living in an isolated area of town. It is said Esther left the house and walked down to College Creek, which is about a block and a half from the farmhouse, and drowned herself. One of the employees of University Museums, Allison, may have had a run-in with Esther. Allison was watching over the farmhouse while the curator was on vacation. Allison had set the dining room table one night with new dishes and a tablecloth. When she returned in the morning, Allison found the dishes in disarray, scattered across the room. Thinking it was probably nothing, she rearranged the dishes again and left to go home. However, in the morning, the dishes were once again thrown about the dining room. Quite shaken up, Allison went to her boss at University Museums, and he told her to go down into the basement to check for floor shifting issues. Of course, Allison found nothing wrong. Was Esther unhappy with the new kitchen changes? Allison learned her lesson and didn't move the dishes around in the dining room again. WHO 13 Des Moines got the opportunity to interview David Fox of ISU Museums. David said, quote, We get requests from ghost hunters who want to stay here all night. We always turn them down. End quote. He goes on to add, It was the most bizarre thing. I was working here at the time, so I actually experienced it, and I don't have an explanation for it, said Fox. But we would close all the shades and we'd come back the next day, and this shade would be open again. With its creepy tales and odd occurrences, these are anecdotes to tell that will surely bring a spark at your next happy hour. Not only is this farmhouse said to have activity, but there are many more places on campus that have eerie sightings and unexplainable stories. So Lily, that's the end of my story. That's a cool one, actually. I I mean, obviously, I assume that most historic places like that could possibly have activity, but I never even thought about ISU like that. Right. And it's so close. It's so close here to us. I never even thought about it. And I've been up to that campus a couple of times. Oh, have you? And actually, 
driven by the agricultural department and I'm assuming then past this house. Mm-hmm. Probably. But I've never actually paid attention. I wish I would have known that before right. I went because then I would have I would have paid attention. You would have probably stopped. I would now, have. I would have around. Yeah, taken pictures or something. For sure. I just think it's really interesting because I've never heard of it either. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it being a college, it's like right. who maybe we know or right. maybe others know of people that have gone to the college, right. you know, maybe mm-hmm. they have experiences. Right. And the fact that it says it's what, what did you say? The number five most mm-hmm. haunted campus in yeah. the Midwest. Yeah. Wow. Right. So that's kind of cool because I did in my research mm-hmm. notice that it's not just the farmhouse. There's other places on campus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they mentioned. That makes sense. Yeah. So other people started telling their tales about their run-ins mm-hmm. in other buildings or wherever they're at. Right. And I did notice that they used to do haunted tours. Oh, did they? Yeah. So That's I thought that was random. interesting. Uh-huh. So obviously they don't do it anymore, but um, that was kind of cool too, I thought. I'm curious why they turned down like ghost hunters. Well, I mean, well, maybe they possibly don't want to be something where it's a potential student, but all of a sudden scare them away. Right. right. (laughs) I'd be like, sign me up. I'm going I'm going to that school. (laughs) So other locations, I guess, on campus that I saw, Mm -hmm. there's a Beardshire Hall. There's apparently a theater, Stevens Theater, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it says Friley Hall. So those were just some others that they named that could be possibly haunted or have some activity or people have had occurrences. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those are just some things. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, though. It'd be I think it'd be really interesting working there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I wonder if people have actually captured anything. Right. You know, like, I mean, actual like either footage or recordings or picture wise. I think, you know, that would be something interesting to add. All right, well, thanks for that story, Vanessa. It was a really interesting one. When we come back, we'll have our second story. Right now, let's take a short break for a message from our affiliate. How would you like to get back to enjoying books? I know sometimes we don't always have the time for that. But with Audible, it's absolutely possible. Audible is the Internet's leading provider of great titles. Now you can enjoy all your audio entertainment in one place. You'll always find the best of what you love and always find something new to discover. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobook titles across every genre, from bestsellers and new releases to mysteries and thrillers motivation, wellness, paranormal, and much more. It also includes thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, including ours. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Now, I'm actually an Audible member myself, and I can't tell you how convenient it's been for me. I love reading, but I don't always have the time to just sit, focus, and enjoy reading a book all the way through. We all have busy lives and all have a lot of stuff going on. But with Audible, I can read and do something else at the same time. The Audible app makes it easier for me to spend more time listening to and finishing great titles, just like I did with one of my favorites, 
Life with the Afterlife by Amy Bruni. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. So head on over and start listening. Just visit audibletrial.com slash haunted happy hour. That's audibletrial.com slash haunted happy hour. All right, and we're back now with our next story about the old abandoned Elgin Metal Casket Company in Elgin, Illinois. Situated in the industrial district of Elgin stands the abandoned home of the Elgin Metal Casket Company. This once impressive building has played witness to many nefarious incidents throughout its long history, including murder, grisly discoveries, cult activities, and unexplained occurrences. Visitors still regularly report encounters with some of the former residents that are said to roam these crumbling halls and abandoned factory floors. Built in the 1890s, the factory building was constructed for the Western Thread Company, which operated in the space located at 900 Grace Street until 1940, when the Elgin Metal Casket Company moved in and took over as tenant. The plant, making over 70,000 metal caskets per year, continued operations for over four decades, until its closure in the early 1980s. The roots of the company can be traced back to the Elgin Silver Plate Company, founded around 1892, which was one of two companies that produced casket trimmings at the time in Elgin. Their products were so remarkably praised for their quality and price, creating an influx in business. The inflow increased so much that the factory size had to be doubled by 1899. According to the State of Illinois Digital Archives, the Elgin Silver Plate Company was the largest factory devoted exclusively to the manufacture of coffin hardware in the world at that time. In 1926, the Elgin Silver Plate Company was acquired by the Western Casket Hardware Company. Around 1928, the company's production line was expanded to metal caskets. With this expansion, the company's name was eventually changed to the Elgin Metal Casket Company. The Elgin Metal Casket Company was producing high-quality metal caskets made from steel, copper, and bronze. They were becoming increasingly popular as an alternative to traditional wood caskets and offered a wider range of design options, including a variety of finishes and decorative elements, as well as glass designs. In the years that followed, the company continued to thrive, even through the Great Depression and World War II. The company's reputation for quality and innovation helped establish it as a leading manufacturer in the funeral business, remaining a significant force in the industry for many decades. That being said, 
one can't help but wonder why a big company with such an influence in the industry didn't survive. Some say the downfall of the company more than likely started when it was acquired by other parties not related to the funeral industry. Then, a serious cyanide spill in 1977 at the factory led to a major fine and could be said to have marked the beginning of the end for the Elgin metal caskets. Additionally, a lawsuit dated October 20th, 1977, claimed that a family who were the plaintiffs purchased the casket for a deceased family member only to find out that it was replaced with a cheaper version that was not airtight as advertised. The plaintiffs claimed that the company was burying people in cheaper caskets. In its complaint against the factory, the family contended a casket used in the burial of their son and brother, Clayton Hurst, was warranted to be airtight. However, they said when the body was disinterred for a second autopsy, the casket was found nearly filled with water. Five separate plaintiffs were awarded a total of $34,000 in damages. The final nail in the coffin, so to speak, came when the entire manufacturing plant was moved from Elgin, Illinois to Indiana in 1982, causing the company to lose their entire team of experienced craftsmen. Shortly after this, the Elgin Metal Casket Company officially closed its doors. In addition to its reputation as a one-time top casket manufacturer, the Elgin Metal Casket Company has also gained a reputation as a haunted location, drawing the interest of paranormal enthusiasts and ghost hunters. There are various stories and rumors about the activity at the Elgin Casket Company. According to one unnamed Elgin City official, it was disclosed that when the Elgin Metal Casket Company officially moved into the factory in 1940, with just one month into their tenure under their new name, five mutilated human bodies were discovered in the basement. Unbelievably, this horrific and mysterious crime remains unsolved. In the early 1980s, well after the casket company had closed its doors, cloaked figures were said to be seen on the property in and around the now-abandoned building. It was later claimed that cult activity was a regular occurrence on the site. Psychics who have visited the property, as well as previous tenants, have stated that they have found that the old coffin factory was a popular location for cult members and their dark religious ceremonies. Psychics have even reported visions of extreme violence, rape, and murder in the building. Though portions of the factory have had tenants throughout the years, the majority of the building sat empty until Mike Fitzpatrick 
leased the building in 2009 and created the Evil Intentions Haunted House Attraction. Ghostly activity is regularly reported throughout the building and includes sightings of women and children. It's speculated that the working conditions were questionable when the building was under the Western Thread Company name. One account goes on to share a story of the Western Thread era, telling an unverified story about a violent foreman who regularly assaulted women. Curiously, according to a local psychic, one particular room in the building is the favorite location of one evil entity in particular that's said to have a boiling hatred for women. Could this be the violent foreman just continuing to hang around, waiting for a woman to cross his path still to this day? Employees of the Evil Intentions Haunted House have reported witnessing heavy metal doors swing shut on their own, seeing an apparition of a little girl wandering throughout the rooms, hearing strange noises, and feeling a sense of uneasiness, almost like they're being watched. There have also been additional reports from employees of unexplainable things happening to them, like having their hair pulled, being shoved, scratched, burned, and even growled at, all by unseen entities. Many people who have visited the building have reported hearing strange footsteps, voices, and even screams. These noises are often heard at night when the building is supposedly empty. According to Fitzpatrick, owner of Evil Intentions, he has actors quit every year after paranormal encounters in the building. He goes on to say that some encounters have been so intense they've caused some individuals to just take off mid-shift on a busy night, still wearing their costumes. There are so many incidents, every one of our actors has experienced stuff, said Fitzpatrick. The combination of the Elgin Casket Company's reputation and significance have made it an important part of Elgin's rich history and heritage. Claims of its supernatural activity have also worked to draw in paranormal enthusiasts. The once booming company's location in such a historic building associated with death and grief only adds to its allure as a paranormal hotspot. Some people believe that the intense emotions associated with death and grief create a spiritual energy that can manifest as paranormal activity, suggesting that the building may be haunted by the spirits of former employees or individuals who were connected to the company in some way. Are these indeed the spirits that roam the now mostly abandoned building? Or is it something more sinister that lurks around the dark corners? Either way, the old Elgin Casket Factory is sure to offer an experience you will never forget.
right, and that was the Elgin Metal Casket Company in Elgin, Illinois. Well, I'm going to say that you had me at cult activities <laughs> when you were reading the story. I thought the same thing when I saw that. I'm like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. That's wild. When you mentioned about the casket with the water in it. Oh, yeah. With the lawsuit. <clears throat> the lawsuit. Yeah. I would I would have been mad as a family member. I, know, I, I really would have. Yeah. It totally makes sense when they were talking about when the company started to pretty much have its downfall, mm-hmm. you know, and having these other people acquire the the company that had no business, honestly, being in the, the funeral industry because right. then stuff like this starts happening. Yeah. So that was crazy. Also, when you said bodies found... Uh, those, what was it, five bodies oh, mutilated yeah, or something yep, like that. Yep. I'm like, what the heck? But what was interesting to me was that, well, it was an unknown Elgin official that that pretty much went on record saying that. And so that was the oddest thing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. where did this come from? And on top of that, the fact that it went unsolved. Right. And that's odd. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I would not have wanted it to have been the one that discovered that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's really sad and awful but it's odd that they use this place just for different random things yeah it sounds like it was just for really odd crazy wild stuff that people didn't want to get in trouble for Mm -hmm. and so they use Mm -hmm. this place you know that's true an abandoned place Mm -hmm. essentially Mm -hmm. to hide all of this yeah which was odd and also, why wouldn't they bring like mediums or something? To, well, yeah, and they ha- and that's true because they have done it for other reasons. Yeah. yeah, they have done it for other reasons in this building. Right. I did see somewhere that one had said that they saw that there was a portal to hell in the building. What? There has been, you know, other psychics and mediums that have visited the building mm-hmm. and haven't really said much about that piece of it. But that they have seen, you know, other spirits, other Mm -hmm. spirits in the building. And there has been actually a notable uh, investigation here. I think it was in our last episode. I talked about uh, Chris Fleming, who actually is a a medium and paranormal researcher. He's been on TV a couple of times. And he actually went here and did an overnight investigation with the Illinois Paranormal Research Association. And there's actually a video on the evil intentions uh, Facebook page. Oh, so wow. the, the haunted house. So that's another thing. So I was so going to ask about that. Is that haunted only, house? Yeah. Is that only like during the October season? Yeah. That, you know, like yeah. the haunted house season. Oh, yeah. that's cool though. So the Facebook page for this now haunted house, which mm-hmm. is now in this building, the yeah. Elgin Casket Company, uh, they posted a video of Chris Fleming, like his thoughts about the investigation. So if anybody wants to uh, watch that, uh, we'll post it in the show notes. I'll post the link to it in the show notes uh, and you can just watch it on uh, their Facebook. But it was kind of interesting because he noted that the spirits in the location are very active and very responsive. So actually having conversations. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's not just residual activity Mm -hmm. i mean it could be both you could have Mm -hmm. certain residual energies in certain parts of the building and then actually having uh intelligent spirits in other parts right because uh he did also say 
that they they had a spirit box going. So they had a spirit box session going on, you know, throughout many rooms of the building because the building's huge. Mm-hmm. And the voice box actually came back when they asked, you know, how many how many spirits are here? It came back saying 20. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, of course, you know, he was like, you know, we can't really confirm if, in fact, it is 20 spirits. Mm-hmm. But he did say that when they were doing those sessions and the EVP sessions, they were getting a lot of different voices coming through. Like they weren't the same voices oh, and they were like male and female voices. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So he's like, obviously, it's more than one, right. you know, more than a handful. Which can happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was crazy. Yeah. But one of the kind of intense things that he said was that he encountered a few spirits, actually, that did end up saying that they didn't want to leave and that they missed being in a body. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is crazy stuff. Right. Right. So it is. It sounds like they had a, a great investigation. That is so interesting, mm-hmm. though. Gosh. So it's it's a cool video clip. Uh, if anybody out there wants to check it out again, we'll go ahead and post it in our show notes. Something else that I thought was kind of interesting that I that I stumbled upon. Not really paranormal, mm-hmm. but with regards to the Elgin Casket Company. Mm-hmm. So there's a book called the called Elgin Days Gone By. And in it, the author mentions that former President Calvin Coolidge is buried in a casket from the Elgin Casket Company. So Mm. he was buried in a polished, solid bronze Elgin casket with round corner designs that had separate hinging caps. So this part, I think, was weird. It was equipped inside with a hermetically sealing full length oval plate glass lid. Hmm. So glass lid. So I mean, what, clearly can I can see? see you. Yeah. Yikes. I'm like, why? Why? I don't think I would want that. I know. I thought the <laughs> same thing when I read that. So first of all, it's it's hermetically sealed, so it's airtight. So you're completely preserving the body. Why, and why would you need to see through? Yes. And who insane. is seeing? And are we are we gonna <laughs> dig you up and look? I That's don't know. Exactly what I thought. I thought all that when I read that. I'm like, what the heck? Also, uh, former president John F. Kennedy was transported from Dallas to Washington, D.C. in an Elgin casket after his assassination. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So very very interesting. His casket, though, Mm -hmm. it would have been used for his burial if it hadn't been damaged during the loading unloading process by the Secret Service. So they were pretty much just, you know, either in a rush or just doing whatever they were doing. And they Uh accidentally tore off some of the ornamental attachments. Okay. So because of that, they pretty much just... They ruined it. mm -hmm, They they scrapped it and put them in a a different casket. But so that original casket, though, Mm -hmm. that was probably the last time that casket was ever seen. And for some reason, I guess they didn't want to say what happened to it Mm -hmm. until a couple of years back. It was finally released that the Elgin casket was actually dumped into the Atlantic Ocean in 1966 by the Air Force in order to prevent it from becoming an object of morbid curiosity. So this was done under the orders of the Kennedy family. Wow. Yeah. Well, 
what do you do with something like that? Okay, dump it in the ocean. Right. I'm like, okay, great. Jeez. Go pollute the ocean no with, with caskets just so people won't be all looking at oh it. Oh my gosh, that's nuts. Yeah, so I thought that was crazy. <laughs> like I mentioned, the Elgin Casket Company now has a haunted house mm-hmm. called the Evil Intentions Haunted House. Mm-hmm. And it is open around Halloween. Mm-hmm. They do also do paranormal tours. So anybody looking to to do that, I think going to the haunted house alone, I think would be creepy. Just knowing yeah. that you're in a haunted house that is actually really a haunted. haunted house. So it's yeah. like, am I seeing the actor yeah. or is this fake or is this real? You I know? know. I know. I thought that was yeah, creepy. That's pretty wild. So you don't know what you're, it's a grab bag <laughs> of hauntings. Who knows what right. you're going to get? Like what's going to get me? <laughs> we'll see. We'll find out. Uh, so any anybody looking to uh take an adventure and visit this haunted house or go on a paranormal tour you can visit them at eihaunt.com they also have a facebook like i said so you can look them up there too i think i have uh one one reminder though mm-hmm. so again Vanessa and I will be attending the Parapod Awards in California on April 1st so that is next Saturday so we won't be recording a new episode for the following week. But we will have pictures, we I'm will. sure, that we will be posting. We will. We'll be definitely very active on our uh, social media. So mm. possibly even doing a few uh, Instagram lives to uh, show you guys what's going on out there. So thanks so much for joining us today. And remember, if you're a fan of the show, consider leaving us a five-star rating. Leave us a few words. Tell us why you love the show. Or you can even just buy us a drink on our Ko-fi page. It's like a virtual tip jar. Your support is always greatly appreciated. You can find our Ko-fi link and other important tidbits in our show notes. So until next time, thanks for joining us for another happy hour in the Spirit Lounge. I'm Lily. And I'm Vanessa. And this was the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you have Echo devices, an easy way to listen is just say, Alexa, play Haunted Happy Hour podcast. Plus, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to check out our next episode teaser and drink feature. See if you can guess what our next theme will be. Until next time. Cheers!